If I tell you definitely not to think of a monkey in a tuxedo, guess what happens? You start thinking of a monkey wearing a tuxedo, even though I told you not to. Why is this? What is happening in our heads that has this control over our thoughts, even though we are perfectly conscious and don't want to think about the thing we have been told not to think about? Hey there, Matthew Norrie here, the host of the Happy Habit Podcast. Talking health and well-being, we do it twice a week on a Monday and a Thursday. And all for free. If you are new, please consider subscribing. Our brains have a complicated relationship with the negative. Researchers at Harvard University found that when we try not to think of a particular thought one part of our mind will avoid that thought, while another part of our mind will keep tabs to make sure we aren't thinking about that thing we're not supposed to be thinking about. Invariably, we end up focusing on the exact thought we don't want to focus on. When you start driving, you're more prone to hitting curbs and maybe nudging obstacles than when you are an experienced driver because you are so focused on not hitting those obstacles. Whereas when you are an experienced driver, you are aware of the obstacles but are more focused on the clear road ahead, thus are less likely to hit those obstacles. Similarly, statements like, I can't, get ahead in life, or I can't find a job, I can't succeed. These are negative statements, directing our focus away from our desired goal. Let me repeat the statement, I can't find a job. The brain understands this literally as a desire. So it facilitates that desire. It stops you finding a job by fulfilling the can't part of your statement. If we go back to the monkey in the tuxedo, and instead of saying, don't think of a monkey, we say, think of a kangaroo. Now our brain gets the message, and we conjure up an image of a kangaroo. The brain is really very literal. It doesn't understand nuance or subtleties. So when we are striving to achieve something, Indeed anything, it's crucial we alter our perspective in order to help our brain understand. We must accentuate the positive, the affirmative, at all times. Instead of saying, I can't find a job and lamenting your misfortune, replace this statement with, I will find a job. I can find a job. It's just a matter of time. This redirects our conscious and unconscious mental energies away from the status quo of our lacking a job at this point in time and into solving the problem of not having a job. Perspective is the key here. Viktor Frankl, the often cited author of the great book Man's Search for Meaning, he is arguably one of the greatest examples of the importance of perspective. He, along with millions of others, was imprisoned in a concentration camp in the Second World War. 
He saw and suffered immense trauma and loss, as you can imagine, but he saw the value in responding to his circumstances with a resolve to take as much positive from his situation as he could. Now, this seems like a fanciful thing given his circumstances, but Frankel's ability to change his perspective and focus not on the horrors surrounding him on a daily basis, but on the tiny positives, well, those were the things that kept him sane and alive. Frankel would subsequently use his experiences and his proven capacity to alter this perspective to help educate many after he was liberated at the end of World War II. The reality that we have a tendency to focus on the negative, on what we don't want, on what we don't have, is one of the main reasons why we struggle with achieving our goals. Our very thought processes essentially get in our way. This is in part due to our brains being hardwired or primed to recognise danger. It's a survivalist mechanism that prompts us to run and evade ancient predators. Now, while the likelihood of being eaten by something with enormous teeth has somewhat waned these days, our primitive brains still proceed with caution today. As a result, we get so distracted by the negative, we completely eliminate the positive and the potential to achieve actually what we want to achieve. This is the difference between those who don't achieve and those who do. An example of one of the great achievers was Steve Jobs, who simply would not entertain the word no. He was so totally committed to realising his dream of a phone combined with an MP3 player that just happened to have internet access to, that he blocked out all doubt that it could be done. He didn't focus on the obstacles, but on the space in between, the path to realising his goal. And so the iPhone was born. Jobs was an extreme example. If he had listened to those around him, he might have capitulated and agreed that it could not be done. But instead, he focused completely on what he could do rather than on what he couldn't do. And his brain played along by making it possible. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Happy Habit Podcast. Until next time, stay happy. (music) 